welcome to episode number three of Café con Carlos. Happy New Year. In this episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with my colleague, Alicia Jordan, who I actually don't know very well, despite having worked together over the last three and a half plus years on various different topics. She recently got promoted to the role of Vice President of Nursing, and I'm excited to chat with her. So, let's pour a cup of coffee and get to know Alicia. So, um, Alicia Jordan, MPH, BSN, RN, all the acronyms. <laughs> um, a good nurse. That is a good nurse. <laughs> That's how you know you're getting a good nurse when they have a lot of acronyms after their name. Yes, for sure. Uh, so, as I'm sure you know, first question is always, how do you take your coffee? This is going to be a controversial answer. I don't take oh, my God. coffee because I don't drink coffee. What do you drink in the mornings? Water. What? You don't yes. drink any caffeine ever? No, I, well, I, I occasionally drink a Coke, um, but that's more of, not for caffeine purposes, just because I like the taste of Coke and sometimes I need a little sugar jolt. But no, mm. I, this is a unique thing about me that everyone says is unique, but I don't typically prefer hot drinks. I've recently gotten into tea though, um, but I typically don't prefer hot drinks and caffeine's never really done it for me. So I do not drink coffee, and I don't use an alarm. I have so much to unpack here. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, so um, you don't drink coffee. That's fine. And you don't like Mm -hmm. hot drinks. I don't know if you've heard of this innovation. It's called iced coffee. but Uh, The flavor doesn't change, though. I think that's that's true. (laughs) You just don't like the taste of it. Okay. I don't really like the taste of it. Talk to me about your tea. What kind of tea? Is it green tea, iced tea? Yeah, for the most part, I just got into green tea and that's more of like and I do like ginger and lemon and honey if I'm not feeling great or my voice like you know, scratchy or, or things like yeah. that yeah so that's more kind of for health purposes not really for enjoyment purposes necessarily got it okay and so back to the alarm thing so you have a natural your biological clock wakes you up at what time uh typically during the week 7 45 my natural clock will wake up when it wakes up, but I think if I know what time I want to wake up, that's the time I'll wake up. I know it's really weird to say. Like for example, if oh, I have no. a fl- this is bananas. <laughs> so, so if I have a flight, like I often do early, early morning flights because you know I like to get to where I want to go and it's less crowded. So like I'll have a six a.m. flight and I'll know, um, you know, I have to leave my house at like five four forty five or something like that because I live pretty close to the airport in D.C. Um, I'll set an alarm for 4.45, but I will typically wake up before it. I don't like to be woken up by the alarm, and I'll turn the alarm off and just wake up. This is uh, incredible. Like, what I'm hearing right now, I've never heard. Like, I've only seen on TV. As a matter of fact, I'm a big, I don't know if you've ever watched Seinfeld, but I love Seinfeld. And there was this one episode where Kramer's like, uh, I have a mental alarm. I just tell it what time to wake you up, wake me up in the morning, and it just wakes me up. And he's like, Whoop. so that's basically you. You wake yeah. up just by telling your brain what time to wake up. And it's so yeah. funny you say that about flying because that would be my biggest. Like for example, next Tuesday, um, I'm accompanying my wife on a work trip, and we we do have a 6 a.m. flight out of Reagan, and I wouldn't even dream not to set an alarm. <laughs> I would miss my flight. I mean, I will set it. I, to be fair, I do set it when it's when it's something super, super early. 
but I typically will wake up before it. All right. So I've got, I've, as I mentioned to you prior to our recording, I, you know, the first two podcasts I did, you know, Dr. Elliot, I've known for almost a decade. Juliana, I worked very closely with for over five years. So you're really the first person I've sat down with that I, I, I truly don't really know. I mean, I know obviously we're colleagues. We've worked together over the um, three plus years you've been at Mary Center, but I don't know too, too much about you. So um, are you, are you originally from DC? I am not. I'm not. Okay. I was born, my family, my family, I start saying this because it's kind of complicated, but my family originates from Louisiana. So we're all from Southern Louisiana. My parents met in college. Like New Orleans or Baton Rouge or? The smaller cities. <laughs> Lafayette, Louisiana okay. is where I was born. Oh, okay. Where, yeah. where my mom's from. My dad is okay. from a smaller town in De Quincey, which is um, about a, just outside of Lake Charles, Louisiana. And okay. they met in college in Lafayette. So that's where we were all born. My siblings were all born when I was two. We moved to Dallas for about five or six years for my dad's job. And then eventually we moved to Kansas City, Missouri um, when I was in second grade. And that's basically where I grew up, Kansas City, Missouri. I'm the only one in my family who claims Kansas City is their hometown because I'm the youngest. Um, But that's where I grew up. Um, And then I went to college at Emory University in Atlanta. And I moved there for college. And then after college, I was like, I don't want to stay in Atlanta. I don't want to go home. And I wanted to... See where I wanted to go, knew I wanted to go to grad school, eventually start my career as a nurse, go to in the hospital. And so I just kind of picked D.C. out of, okay. out of a hat. You, you just looked at a map and just picked it. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot of schools, graduate schools, you know, in nursing and in public health in this area, D.C., Baltimore area. I did look in Baltimore, yeah. too. And so um, just applied to a bunch of jobs and I ended up getting hired at Washington Hospital Center. So I yeah, moved to yeah. D.C. without ever have visiting. That's funny. Um, it, it's interesting because I thought Dara only hired nurses from Johns Hopkins, so uh, I guess you were <laughs> you bucked that trend. I sure did. <laughs> uh, and she'll and she'll laugh when she hears this. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so Kansas City. Let's go back to that. Are you so all right? So you you don't have a Southern accent at all. Um, yeah. Does anybody in your family? Um, not really. You know, my, my mom will say where we're from in Louisiana has very strong Southern accents, but my mom doesn't really have a strong accent. And she says Catholic school got rid of that for her, uh, (laughs) growing up. And my dad Uh has a slight, he pronounces some words with the Southern accent. So we really pretty have neutral accents, um, in my family. Are are they still in Kansas city? No, my parents actually moved to Marietta, Georgia. Oh when, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. When my mom retired, my dad had already retired. Okay. My mom retired in 2017. So they've been there since then. So I have no family left in Kansas city. Like no one lives there anymore except for my okay. friends that I grew up with. And how many siblings do you have? I have three older brothers. And they're all all over the country or they're around here. They're all over the country. Um, yeah, I have my eldest brother. We're all ease. My eldest brother, Ed, Edgar, the third Eddie, lives in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, my second brother, Elliot, um, he has autism and he lives with my parents in Georgia. And uh-huh. then my third brother is Ethan and he lives in lots of places, but right now I believe he's in Louisiana. Okay. So, um, who is your mom or dad that has an affinity for the letter E? Edgar, Elliot, well, Ethan, Alicia. Yes. So it started with my dad because my dad is Edgar Jr. And his dad is okay. Edgar Sr. So I think it started okay. with Edgar. And then, you know, she just kind of kept it going. And I stuck with it. Yeah. And then she got to me and there were a lot of other options for my name, I think. But she just decided she found an E name that she liked. And so that is Alicia. 
and and you were is Emory in downtown Atlanta? No. By the way, did you know that Emory is the number three best nursing school in the country? I know Emory is a wonderful school. I didn't know we were up to number three, but yeah, yeah it's it's the number three. I do my research for my podcast. Oh God, uh, number three best nursing school in America, and number twenty-two in the top one hundred universities. Period in the country. I think we were eighteen when I was there. <laughs> for universities but our nursing school has risen up in the last few years that's great we have another emory nurse on our staff uh pele as well oh yeah okay mm-hmm. cool yeah so so are we're is emory downtown atlanta and is that why you chose to go there or you no. just wanted to go to a good nursing school uh emory is in dekalb county unincorporated dekalb county even though it has an atlanta right. address so it's not downtown right. it's kind of closer to um like decatur georgia okay um yep. Yeah, no, I wanted. To, I knew I wanted to go to nursing school, um, mm. and I applied to a lot of universities with good nursing schools, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to go directly into nursing school. And Emory's a two-year, you do your first two years in the regular um, university, the regular college, and mm. then you transfer mm-hmm. to nursing school, like often like B-school or other, other um, schools and at colleges. And so I was like, I want to give myself an option to like try other things just in case I don't want to do nursing. And then, um, but I did, I did nursing and I, Switched to the nursing school when I was a junior. And why nursing? What drew you to to, to become a nurse? Um, I think it started, I've always been interested in science. I had like a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. like biomedical engineering, all kinds of different ideas. And this is such a weird story, but my mom had a ladies home journal magazine. And there was an article about advanced practice nurses. It was nurse practitioners, um, nurse anesthetists, and clinical nurse, um, uh, what were they called? Clinical nurse specialists. And I, those all, you know, interest me. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I'd never had an interest in being, this is something that I always get. I never had an interest in being a doctor. Um, right. It was, nursing was what attracted me and kind of like that well, holistic that, part that's of such a, Yeah, That's such a cliche, isn't it? Like people ask nurses like, well, why, why not just become a doctor? Type right. Of thing. Like, and by right. people, my entire family yeah. <laughs> is, is one of those. And my aunt is a uh, longtime public health nurse for the Georgia, uh, the, like the Atlanta public health department, Fulton County health department. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My mom's older sister, I should say my aunt Delphine. And so, you know, I've always found nurses in high regard and re- really had and researched the profession really had an interest in the profession. And I got a lot of pushback from a lot of members of my family. I will even say my aunt's husband, um, who's an ophthalmologist, um, asked if I was going to be a bedpan jockey for the rest of my <laughs> career. Oh, God. Yeah. So I had a lot, a lot of pushback from my family, which they've all kind of, you know, gone back on now after my career. Yeah. But, They're swallowing their words after yes, they see how you sure, rise. For sure. But, um, yeah. And did I see correctly that you were a cheerleader at Emory? I was. See, correct. You like my where? research? I was like, where? <laughs> How do you know LinkedIn. that? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Alicia. Come on now. Is that on my LinkedIn research. page? Interesting. It says, it says Emory cheerleading. Yeah. So talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah. I was a cheerleader at Emory, which is like not as impressive. Yeah, because... The first question is, what sports does Emory have that you're cheerleading for? Like, what division? What were you cheering okay. for? Or is it, or is it okay. a cheer competition? Don't be disrespectful. Um... <laughs> We Emory does not have a football team because okay. um, uh, because Emory is uh, historically a Methodist school, and okay. um, the bishops who founded the school discouraged from football because people were betting on it. So okay. um, 
they didn't get a football team. And then by the time they tried to reinstate it um, with the, the balance with Title IX, they weren't mm-hmm. able to bring it back. So Emily doesn't have a football team. We cheered for basketball mostly. Okay. Okay. Our homecoming game is a soccer game. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, it's a division three school. Um, and so it was just kind of like an activity to do. Yeah. It wasn't like random. I cheered in high school as well. Back to, uh, nursing, you mentioned, uh, you know, advanced, uh, nursing careers. Is that long-term nurse practitioner in your future? No, I went to, no, there? I went to nursing school. Um, and kind of like I had this idea I was going to be a nurse practitioner. I was going to take care of folks with diabetes because my dad has diabetes. And oh, okay. and then, yeah. you know, I got to nursing school and just looked at different areas and, you know, you do different clinical rotations. And then I decided, went through in a completely different direction and decided to go into the women's health. And my first job at nursing school is in labor and delivery. Okay. So you are you an L&D nurse by trade? By trade. That is my heart and home. Okay. That's and so, I, yeah. I feel like, again, again, Dara likes to hire Hopkins L&D nurses, I feel like. <laughs> I did apply but, to Hopkins, actually, but um, I ended up working at Washington Hospital Center. And so I worked for a couple of years before I applied to grad school. And I, I still had no, didn't know if I was going to be graduate school in nursing or in public health. And I always tell the story that, you know, labor and delivery is a, the fun place in the hospital. That's why I chose it initially. Right. But, you know, working at a hospital center in D.C., it's not always fun. You know, there's a lot of, right. um, you know, women who come in um, who have really serious health problems and their lives are at risk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they pass away. Same with infants. You know, I dealt with a lot of infant mm-hmm. loss when I was at a hospital center. And there was a lot of things that I couldn't do when they, by the time they got to labor and delivery. You know, the work, mm-hmm. by the time they were with me, there was a lot of things. It was kind of too late for a lot of things. And so that's what initially start, sparked my interest in public health. And I eventually uh, applied to GW um, to get my master's in public health with a concentration in maternal and child health. And did the hospital pay for that? Yes. Yeah, so I worked full time while going to grad awesome. school part time. Um, it was I would not recommend that as, as as a nurse on the floor. It was a pretty stressful wow. time, but um, I survived. I, would, it. I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend the student loan from GW. My wife got her master's from GW and we're still paying for it. Yeah, I can imagine. So. <laughs> yeah. But the hospital did help. So that was the balance. It's like, it's all about yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your, your job after the hospital center was at a, um, not an FQHC, but it was a, it was a nonprofit, right? Well, it was actually within hospital center. So. Oh, yeah. was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. That yeah, you but it, you're absolutely right. That's what kind of drove me. You know, the things that I learned in nursing school that were really rare, I saw all the time at hospital center, and so that's kind of right. like, okay, you know, what are kind of the bigger pictures in the socio um, landscape and the social determinants of health that really affect uh, the outcomes that women are having, particularly Black women in DC are having um, right. when they're coming to walk right. into the hospital to give birth. Um, well, and and not a lot of nurses initially go into nursing thinking long-term they're not going to be nurses like bedside nurses you know like did you go into nursing thinking someday you'd be in administration like you are now or 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 were you did that kind of just spark after you saw what you saw at the hospital center and like what you know because because there are some providers nurses that that miss that patient care aspect of of why you went to school to begin with yeah no i i don't know that i went to school with you know the intention of not being i won't say bedside because i probably didn't go with the intention of being in the hospital forever for sure but certainly not patient facing but yeah i think you know 
it's kind of stepping away and in the bigger picture and less in the individual one-on-one -on -one and like how can we affect change in like the larger systems and in communities to affect outcomes um, for our participants and for patients. So why Mary Center? What's the biggest difference? Talk to me, talk to me through the, your decision to come to Mary Center. Yeah. So uh, by the time I started to apply to positions, I'd been at, you know, even though I was with TAP, it was still kind of within the umbrella and the safety of MedStar. And, you know, I've been in the organization my entire career for um, 12 years at that point. And, you know, I had my master's in public health. I was ready to kind of spread my wings and challenge myself a little bit more. I'd always known about Mary Center. We had a lot of patients that would come to labor and delivery to, um, that got their prenatal care at Mary Center, but I did not know the breadth of services that Mary Center provided. And I was applying to a lot of different jobs um, at the time. And, you know, you write your cover letter to go with your job. And I remember the job for director of clinical service. I saw this, I saw it, and I saw all the amazing things that a Mary Center does beyond what I already knew. And so I applied and I remember of all the cover letters I was writing at the time, that one, the job, the one for this job um, was the easiest to write. Like it was the easiest for me to sell myself on the skills because it just, it just really fit and really matched. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that was kind of a sign and Mary Center was, you know, the first interview that I got um, in my job search and I interviewed with Darren Ingrid and I remember yep. uh, calling my brother outside of, I was outside the Harris Teeter because I had parked right across from Harris Teeter and <laughs> saying, I'm like nervous because it was very, it's nerve wracking to leave some place that you've been in for 12 years. And this is kind of the first interview oh, and like, it seems like it fits, yeah. but I'm nervous and this, that, and the other. Um, but I got called back for another interview and I remember it was a, um, our typical, we had a nurse leadership meeting and it used to be in person. We used to bring snacks. And it was all the nurse managers <laughs> at Mary Center at the time and the nursing directors and me and they have snacks. And like, you want a snack? It was it was really funny. Um, but, you know, just felt comfortable and everyone was really excited. Is this a yeah. test? What if I decline like, the do snack? Do I take the snack? What if they ask me a question? Am I chewing? Like, <laughs> so did you so did you take the snack? I did not take the snack. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I didn't. Take I, wouldn't the have, snack. I wouldn't have either. <laughs> I would have been like, this is a test and I'm not taking the snack. <laughs> It was, you know, I, I was offered the position and I remember I took a, I think I took about a week to think about it and just to mull it over and make sure. I, oh, I'm, I remember. Yeah. I'm, oh, it, was that a thing <laughs> that I took a long time? Well, I just remember how excited, like, I I mean, it's, it's been, what was that? 20, 17, 18. Yeah. yeah 18, early, early 2018. Mm -hmm. I, I just remember um, the nurses being really excited about you as a candidate and, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, a week is a long time to think about an offer, truly. Um, and so we were like, oh, my God, is she not going to take it? I mean, I, I I don't know if I ever talked to Dara about it, who was the hiring manager, but I, I remember talking to my team about it, like, what's taking this person so long? Yeah. Like, does she want the job or not? I am a marinator. This is, uh, I, I say this word to Dara all the time, and she knows this about me now, that I, you know, obviously I was a labor and delivery nurse at Washington Hospital Center. If I need to make a decision, mm -hmm. I'll make a decision, make it quick, and we need to do what we have to do. But if you, if I have time to marinate, right. I'm going to marinate. I like to cover <laughs> all my faces. Well, we're all very glad that you made the right decision. I am too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but ha um, I'm curious, have there ever, like, has have you ever had a moment in your nursing career where you just, like, asked yourself, like, why am I doing this? Or, or maybe even worse, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, did you ever feel like, 
or was it always like this is this is who I am this is me I'm I'm good I think it's a little bit of both I think you know there was a I think one of the hesitancies for me taking the job at Mary Central is is that it was more nursing focused and I was kind of going into the direction of more public health and less clinically mm-hmm. nursing focused um, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of what my hesitancy was a little bit. Um, but even if I had gone down a road that was completely public health, you know, at an organization that wasn't doing direct service or direct patient care or anything like that, I will always be a nurse. Like, I think that's just a part of who I am. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like to associate identity with a job, but, you know, nursing, I think is a real, a, a part of who I am, uh, no matter, right. no matter right. what I do. I will say that working on the floor and, you know, especially now during this pandemic, I can't imagine what it's like for um, my nursing colleagues that are working in the hospitals on the front lines in the hospitals right now, because, you know, the hospital life is a really hard life for a nurse. Yeah. I mean, it's rewarding yeah. in a lot of ways, but it's a it's a really it's a really difficult life. And, you know, you spend a lot of you spend all your holidays, most of your holidays at work yep. with your work colleagues yep. and yep. um you know, you're spending most of your days with them and you make some great relationships. I mean, I didn't, I came to DC not knowing anyone. And so my Washington hospital center nurses are my family in DC. Um, Mm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's a really hard life. And there are some nurses who do it for their entire career. I, I'm not that one, (laughs) but. (laughs) Well, one of the, what I think one of the big positives, if any, that came out of the pandemic was this sense of, I, to me, it feel like I feel like it changed the definition of hero, which truly, to me, the healthcare providers on the front lines—not just in hospitals, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, obviously, our nurses at Absolutely. Mary Center, yeah, our our doctors at Mary, our providers at Mary Center, um, which I think is is fantastic. And and to that to that point, I think one of your um, uh were really like we always knew you were great as i said like we knew when you interviewed that you were you were a superstar um but you were even more front and center with your nonstop planning coordination long hours um during the pandemic i think that really cemented and really what we you know what we already knew but also catapulted you into this new promotion as the vice president of nursing um because you know the timing was such that Daryl was out, mm-hmm. you know, having her her daughter, and and you really got to step into that role and, and be front and center. What did you learn about yourself during that time? And, and is there anything you wish you could have done differently in hindsight? Or, I mean, you were in the thick of it. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy, um, for sure. And then that vaccine came and upended everything. Right, <laughs> the rolling out of everything. Yeah, you were. I mean, a lot of people probably don't realize just how integral you were to not just rolling it out at Mary Center, but working in tandem with DC Health. We were one of the first mm-hmm. in the city, yeah. if not the first. Yeah, we definitely, definitely were. Yeah, I think in terms of learning about myself, I think not being afraid to uh, step in and be confident. I think my general disposition is to be an introvert, which I, I don't think is a negative thing. Um, same girl, same. <laughs> but, but I also think sometimes... Um, introverts are looked as less like it's lesser in terms of leadership, I guess you could say, you know, because you're not, you know, out, out and outspoken and front and center like that. Right. But I think, right. I think having that 
ability to take a step back and to observe and read the room and, you know, gather information, I think that is a, it's a big strength and a, a strength of mine. And so being able to take all of that, that I'd been doing, you know, for that time and to step into the spotlight a little bit and, um, and to be a little bit more confident, um, that time really helped me, allowed me to do that and feeling confident to, you know, say like Dara's role is vacant. I can apply to it and I can do a good job. Um, if I'm chosen to do it. You think you wouldn't have applied it had you not gone through that? Um, I don't know. The pandemic? I probably would have been, I would have probably had to marinate more than I did. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it felt more of like, oh yeah, of course I'm applying versus like, oh, let me think about it. Do I think I can do it? Uh, you know, um, it, you know, that time was proving to myself. I think the thing that I wish I had done differently is taking care of myself a little bit more. Um, Oh, you know, okay. setting some more boundaries, you know, I, you know, it was a difficult time. We all had to do additional work and put in extra, extra hours. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. I was also experiencing a pandemic as well um, right. during that time. And without kind of the support systems that I used to have, my dad was going through cancer at the time and he's, he's fine mm -hmm. now. He's completely cancer free. Oh, good. Yeah. But, you know, but it was all happening at the same time. It was a little stressful. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. you know, just, that to be successful and be a leader, you also have to kind of take care of yourself too. And so uh, I think the other thing I would learn is to ask, um, you know, ask for help. I think that's hard. Yeah. And this is, I think the case for every nurse, even at Mary Center, is that mm. everyone comes to us for things because nurses are great and we know everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are. No, no, truly, truly you are. Yeah, <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes we all kind of struggle with kind of setting those boundaries and redirecting um, when we need to. And so, you know, I think that's a good lesson that I learned after through that period. And hopefully that I can impart to the rest of the team down the rest of the team, down the chain. Um, yeah. You know, it's not saying no, it's saying there's probably someone better to help you with this or um, right. I can't do it right, right now, but let's do something different. So you know, I close out all my podcasts with the 10 questions. No time for you to marinate. Okay. Sorry. Right. They've got a, they're rapid fire. <laughs> Just answer them with the, what pops in your head. All right. Okay. All right. Um, what's your favorite word? Ojalá. Say that again. Ojalá. Bless you. No, in Spanish. Ojalá. Oh, ojalá. <laughs> this is a joke on the nursing team, but it is, it's my favorite <laughs> Spanish word. So I think it's appropriate. Okay, no, but, but, okay, so tell people who don't know, what does it mean? Yes, it means, like, it's hopefully, but it's a strong yeah, hopefully. hopefully. It's right. a stronger hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, Ojalá. Yes, and so I use it often <laughs> in nursing conversations, Ojalá. in other conversations, yeah, so. What was the last concert you attended? <sighs> concert. It's been a while. Oh, Pent Pentatonics. Yeah. Pentatonics. Yes. Look at you. All right. My kids love pentatonics. Do you know, do you know that Dara was an acapella? Of course. Singer? I know that Dara was an acapella. Do you guys nerd out on that? Yeah, okay. I don't know so that she that. knows that I enjoyed acapella that much, but I do know she was an acapella. Yeah. Oh, wait till she hears this. <laughs> All right. Which actor would you want to play you in a movie? Um, hmm, this is a tough one because there is an actor that I'm always, that's my quote unquote doppelganger. Uh, 
uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam, Rudy from The Cosby Show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I would say? I would say a young Angela Bassett. I get that, too. I got that, too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, probably. Br- is this a meal? Brunch? <laughs> no, that's not a I mean, meal. It's a meal. Like, that's like, no, no, no. That's a, that's a time. Okay. All right. What plate? Like what, you know what What's I mean. on the brunch Come plate? On. Yeah. What's the brunch plate that you're eating? For the rest of my life? Yeah. This is hard. Maybe shrimp or grits with a side of French toast. Shrimp and grits? With what? A side of French toast. Sh- shrimp and grits with a side of... Have you actually had that combination together? Yeah. Listen, brunch all goes together. Shrimp and grits I mean, they're... with a side of French toast? Yes. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> no, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> all right. And I don't eat yeah. eggs. Not, I'm not a vegan. I just don't eat eggs. That combination, though, I have... Never even dreamed of. All right. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, this is a thing. I already know the answer to this. I've always wanted to be um, the person who, I don't know the actual title, maybe music supervisor, but who chooses music for movies and television, like chooses a soundtrack. This is very specific. I know. My God. I know. <laughs> You're learning more about me than you um, ever thought you would. I know. My God. <laughs> Uh, what job would you be terrible at? I'd, I'd probably be terrible at a lot of things. Like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking truck driver because I can't imagine driving. I don't really like driving long distances. Oh, so do, same. Yeah. I don't want to sit in, in, you know, five hours of drive, whatever. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel you on that. All right. I'll accept that. I'll accept truck okay. driver. I would hate that as well. If you could fly anywhere tonight, I know it's not a 6 a.m. flight, but if you could fly anywhere tonight, where would you go? Uh, I would go to anywhere, anywhere. Cartagena. Oh, Cartagena. Have you been to Cartagena? I, I have been. It's one of my favorite places that I've ever visited. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've only been to Bogota, but I've heard Cartagena is beautiful. What sound or noise do you love? I mean, I I don't know. It, not music. This is a sound or a noise. Well, it doesn't have to be an instrument. Yeah. It could be just a random sound. Like you could, like I love the sound. For example, I love the sound of uh, a golf club hitting a golf ball. Okay, I will give you a sound. I will give you a sound. Now that you said that, All see, right. sometimes I just need right. examples. Okay. The sound of, um, which we didn't even get to this in the podcast, but a key thing: the sound of the tennis ball. When you open a new fresh can of tennis balls, the sound when you take the little really? metal part off. Are you a tennis player? Oh my player? gosh, this is a big thing within the nursing team that I bring up my tennis all the time. When did you learn to start to play all right, tennis? So I've been a tennis fan for most of my life. Um, and my brothers okay. and older cousins played tennis. But by the time it got to me, I, we, weren't, we weren't doing sports lessons anymore. So, um, uh-huh. But I've always been a fan. And so my New Year's resolution for 2019 was to learn to play tennis. And... And you learn. And I signed up for lessons, and I play pretty much at least once a week. Most of the time, if the weather's out, well, we're playing in the bubble right now. But yeah, other than holidays and but pandemic. Prior to that, prior 
prior to learning, you were always a tennis mm-hmm. fan. Okay, back to our closing <laughs> questions. So you love the sound of the tennis can opening. opening. Yes. I mean, so uh, you and I are again kind of alike on that. I like, I love the sound of a of a golf ball hitting the bottom of the. Cup. Yeah. So yeah, I just need yeah. like sometimes yeah. my brain doesn't think that you way. Need a I need a little bit of a prompt. Need a prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the sound of an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've come full <laughs> yes. circle. God, I love it. I love it when that happens. All right, and then finally, what is or where is your happy place? Mostly at home, but I will also say yes. the tennis court. Dude. I was going to say, don't, 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 don't let me down, introvert. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely home, but. If I had to choose outside yeah. of the home, tennis court, too. I, I like. I really enjoy yeah. playing tennis. Yeah. All right. Well, Alicia, thank you. It's been uh, really cool to get to know you a little bit more than just through work and random meetings that we're sitting in together. Uh, especially as an introvert, I know it's hard to to really kind of, you know, open up. And I didn't know half of, uh, any of this. So it's really cool. And I appreciate you taking the time to yeah, chat. Thank you for having me. This was really cool. And once I feel comfortable, I'm happy to speak all out. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate Alicia taking the time to sit down with us. I hope you all enjoyed getting to know her as much as I did, and I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, and take good care of each other. Bye.